Welcome to Transcending Mental Health. I'm Carol Etoile. If you want more information on what I am doing, you can go to the information on my podcast. Hello. Here is another episode of Transcending Mental Health. And um, forgive me, my thoughts may be scattered. I'm noticing that I'm having what Patrick Tehan, an expert on YouTube, in psychology, likes to call trauma noise. I think when that happens, my thoughts get scattered around and I have trouble uh, organizing them before and during my speaking. So I'm becoming very aware of that. If that seems to be happening when I'm talking and I'm losing listeners, I hope uh, you can have a compassionate, forgiving attitude at least. Because um, I do intend to put an idea, put an idea, my ideas out there. Um, I'm feeling a little self-conscious right now because I um, and I'm feeling defensive, and that was my last episode because um, I think there's a pattern in my podcast when I talk about how mental health is related to abuse issues and trauma issues, especially sexual abuse. I lose listeners. I'm never really sure why I lose listeners. Um, I get a reminder from Hub Hopper that says that I may lose listeners if I don't post episodes. But I do get a little discouraged when I'm trying to put my ideas out there and there's a pattern where I'm talking about something that that's major breakthrough to me. And I guess I'm not being fair either. I'm guilty too because I'd like other people to take meaning in what I'm saying. And I'm not sure how it's coming off. But it's important to me anyway to put together how trauma can cause some mental illnesses, or at least exacerbate some mental illnesses. A psychiatrist can diagnose you basically with symptoms of uh, depression or anxiety or even post-traumatic stress disorder, borderline personality disorder, or complex PTSD, and still not take into account what might have what might have caused it. It could be biochemical. It could also be environmental, or it can be a combination of both. It's hard to know, really. We're complicated, and our brains are complicated. Mental illnesses are in the brain. They're in the mind, and it's hard to know exactly what is going on. But in my case, in in my Carol Etoile's case, the person who is generating this podcast, in my case, I believe it is environmental. But I've had very few psychiatrists and therapists in the mental health system who have validated or the better ones been able to afford to validate because they, they're in a system where they have to quickly diagnose you, they have to quickly categorize and label you, and especially to bill, bill your government insurance if you live in the United States. I don't know how things work. Probably very similar in other Western countries like England, Australia, Canada, and the like. 
and India. Maybe I'm not sure how things work in India, but um, in the United States, uh, in my experience as an American mental health consumer, I got informed by the better counselor, the better therapist, the better psychiatrist, that in order to be able to bill, bill my Medicaid, bill my Medicare and my Medicaid and my insurance, uh, they have to label me. They have to, they have to have a valid reason, according to the government, why I keep showing up with symptoms and not able to function and having to see them. And uh, unfortunately, complex PTSD is not in the DSM. Borderline personality disorder is, but um, there's still very little uh, education on how to deal with borderline. I think I think that's getting better. But back in uh, 2003, when I was 2001, when I was diagnosed with BPD, or when there was a question that I had BPD, um, they didn't know how to deal with me except just to warehouse me in group therapy and and treat me like a tag along, while the while the bipolars and the people with anxiety and depression and access one mental disorders basically got to have the floor in uh, discussion. You know, not to mention the therapist with their uh, their their psych education talks and things like that. I very I very uh, rarely got airtime in group therapy, and almost no therapists were willing to treat me one on one because they thought that I that I had a manipulative disorder. They th they thought borderlines were all borderlines were manipulative, so I basically got no airtime. I virtually got no airtime, no attention. And because they they thought that getting attention was what was my was what my problem was, and then of course the government insurance, uh, they they categorized it as an access two thing, so they did not want to they didn't want to pay for it. Hopefully they're getting they're getting better with that now. I hope so, but that was just that was one another reason I had to leave. I felt like I had to leave. I was driven out by that attitude. So. Um, I already spent six minutes with that, and um, the point that I want to make now is I uh, clicked on something on YouTube by a man named Patrick Tian, and I wish he could treat me. I wish he could be my therapist. Um, I, I truly feel that, that God has directed me to another stage in my mental wellness process. Um... He talks about trauma noise, and that rings very true to me. Trauma noise, noise in my brain, you can uh, search that on your search engine. If you're already on the internet and you're listening to me, you can search that on your search engine. You know, don't don't sit there and, and say, what, what the fuck is Carol talking about? She's just making her own noise. Don't, don't do that. Don't have that attitude. Search it. Don't, you know, stop feeling... Stop feeling like a victim to me and search that. Just say, uh, I'm going to search uh, Trauma Noise Patrick Tehan. I'll spell his last name. T-E-H-A-N. I'll do that for you. T-E-H-A-N. Patrick. And uh, I think he's an American uh, expert. He talks a lot about complex PTSD and uh, family dynamics and things like that. And I had to, I had to cry a little bit. I had to get really angry because the one of the phrases he uh, mentioned also was trauma informed. Make sure when you see a therapist, he advised 
that he that he or she is trauma informed. And I thought, yeah, there there you go. There you go, Mr. Tian. Thank you. Um because I remember when I was when I was in group therapy, um I wanted the phrase trauma informed to be a public service announcement in group therapy. Um because lots of times after group therapy, uh we would be dismissed to go to go to lunch, to go to the cafeteria for lunch. In outpatient therapy and in partial hospitalization, um, you got dismissed after group and uh, sent to lunch. And you got your tray of food and you got to uh, sit with your peers at lunchtime. And when I was an inpatient, by the way, I didn't have to worry about things too much. We all had to sit in the uh, cafeteria. We all got locked in a room to eat our, our meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And there, there were nurses there to uh, make sure you got your food and got, got to eat because uh, they had to make sure that, that everybody got their food. Nobody, uh, nobody starved to death and no one, uh, no one was you know, unaccounted, of course, unless you overslept in your room. They didn't always check your room. They would... They would just, you know, tap on your door and say, breakfast, lunch, dinner, whatever. And uh, they would, but they would supervise the room and they would make sure everybody sat down and ate. But in outpatient and in partial hospitalization, you basically got less supervision. The staff would typically uh, sit, there were no nurses, except a nurse uh, sitting at a desk, having lunch all by herself, locked up in a room in, the, in a cubicle downstairs. And uh, they'd have the staff, they'd have like maybe a group of four or six staff sitting at their own table and basically locking you out. Pardon me for the attitude, you guys, but it, this is my experience. I, I'm sharing as a patient, as a client, as a consumer, what I had to go through as a consumer. Sorry about the attitude. <laughs> I'll humor that. Um, they would typically sit at a table by them, all by themselves and they would, God knows, maybe, maybe they, I'm going to laugh do a little crack another joke, talk about us, just kidding. <laughs> and uh, there would be like 30 or 50 or even 100 of us. I'm just kind of uh, drawing off numbers, kind of what it looked like to me. We would all be sitting at our tables in the cafeteria. And guess what? Ms. Carol Etoile ends up having a flashback. I got bullied at school when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, and that that uh, probably caused a lot of my uh, trauma and um, probably exacerbated my brain stuff if I was dealing with anxiety and depression. If I was dealing with something clinical, it might have uh, triggered some stuff. And I'm coming into the cafeteria in, in treatment, in mental health, and um, there's like 50 people sitting at tables jawing off and eating and talking and laughing and I'm wondering where to sit and um, there's my uh, therapist you know coming into the coming into the room with her tray and about to go to her table with the staff and saying uh, Ms. Jan Carroll how come you uh, aren't sitting at a table you need to sit down and, and eat your lunch and I'm saying I'm sorry but I'm afraid Nobody wants to sit by me. I was just, I was having flashbacks, you guys. Um, I need you to understand again, therapist, that I'm 
you know, I'm having a flashback. I don't feel like, uh, you know, sitting down at, at the table. There's, there's, it's crowded. There's too many people. It's overwhelming me. No, no, Carol, you need to sit down and eat your lunch. I go and try and sit down in, in a corner on the floor because I'm just so afraid to sit down at the table. And let's fast forward this a little bit. I finally asked her, like after lunch, this this was after I had to run, run to the uh, bathroom and sit in the toilet stall and eat lunch there because I'm just so afraid to uh, eat lunch. And she's like, Carol, I don't know why you can't uh, just sit at a table and eat lunch. And um, I said, I said, I'll, I'll give I'll give her a name. I I said, uh, Trina. I'll call her Trina. You said that you're trauma informed, but do you have any idea what it's like to uh, to be humiliated? Every time you have to sit down, and this is this has actually happened. Um, do you know what it's like to sit down at a at a table and get laughed at, and get told this is this is our table. You can't sit here. Um, go sit over there, and then and then be crawling around the cafeteria with your 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 getting cold lunch tray. Your lunch getting cold. And uh, almost bump, bumping into tables and spilling your food all over yourself and wondering where you're going to be welcomed to sit down at a table. I wish you would you would tell the group before lunch, make sure that Jean Carroll has a place to sit down. Damn it. You know, don't don't make fun of her. Don't shun her. Don't tell her she can't sit here. You know, don't laugh at her. You know, bullying is a reality. And some of us as adults have flashbacks as bully survivors. And that can cause or exacerbate mental illness. You know, and pardon me, audience, if I'm uh, going off on tangents again. But you might understand what I'm talking about. Many of these therapists say they're trauma-informed, or maybe they're working in the mental health system. Maybe the mental health system is improving a little bit about trauma-informed. But Dealing with hands-on, you guys. Dealing with, um, dealing with trauma, hands-on and head-on. A therapist can maybe read a book about trauma, even a book about how trauma affects the brain. They can read about flashbacks. They they can read about an example. And they can read about. They can get educated on dealing with how how people are traumatized, but. Do they know what it's like? I mean, or, or, or maybe, maybe they don't know what it's like to still be in it. You know? And uh, her reply to me was, well, we, we, can't, we, can't, we can't have just everybody uh, in an, you know, eating lunch in a room by themselves. And I said, oh, oh, really, can you? There are a bunch of rooms downstairs uh, Trina, there are a bunch of rooms downstairs, um, right below this cafeteria as we speak. There are a bunch of empty rooms downstairs. I can, you can take me downstairs right now so I can eat my getting cold lunch and not go hungry before I go home. And she just looks at me with this stink eye and says, no, uh, you're gonna, you're gonna have to walk through your fear and sit down at the table. Notwithstanding 
Does she know what it's like to have a brain reaction? At the thought, I, I, I told her right to her face, at the thought of even sitting down and risking getting laughed at and getting humiliated makes my heart palpitate. Makes my heart beat 150 beats a minute. God damn it. When I have to, by the way, when I have to sit in public transportation, when I have to ride the bus and I see a big crowd of men getting on, you know, I have flashbacks of being uh, gang raped. I have flashbacks of being, uh, you know, being uh, beaten up. Um, I have flashbacks of being jeered at when I when I walk by a crowd of people. When I hear people laugh. I was at the laundromat uh, two days ago, you guys. Flashback to the present. I was at the laundromat two days ago, and I had to put my laundry in the washing machine. You know, I finally got up my nerve to go to the laundromat because my, my sheets were piling up in the closet, you guys. Um, I heard people laughing. I heard, I heard two men laughing in one corner of the, corner of the room, and I knew, they were, I knew they were noticing me. I didn't know if they were looking at me directly, but I had to tell myself, even if they're laughing at you, Carol, you still have to focus on getting your, your laundry done. And I did, but my heart was starting to pound. And mind you guys, um, I had COVID-19 back in December, and I don't know if that's affecting my heart already. I went through heart palpitations, and I went through nerves, and my ears were ringing, because I was scared those, those, those guys were laughing at me. And we'll go back to uh, talking to Trina here. Why do you expect me to, to sit at the cafeteria, sit in the cafeteria and let my heart go 150 beats per minute? Is that healthy? Is that therapeutic? You want me to walk through my fear, Trina? I know. I get that. I get that cerebrally. I get that cognitively. But do you know what trauma-informed really means? And she just... I don't know. She's just like, Carol, we're, we're, we're wasting time right now talking about it. You either eat your lunch, you either go to, you either go and sit at a table or eat or don't eat at all. And, uh, I ended up sneaking off to the bathroom and eating, uh, when her head was turned. You guys, that's what happens when, uh, people in the mental health system are not, are not acting, are not, uh, being treated. Now, um, I ran into another thing where another uh, expert, bless her heart, Anna Runkle, you can search her on YouTube, Anna Runkle, crappy childhood fairy, crappy, C-R-A-P-P-Y, I'm not kidding, I wish she would maybe change her uh, name a little sometimes and call it crummy childhood fairy, so that people don't get offended, um, but that's what she calls herself, and, um, she talked about having a crappy childhood, and um, her last video on YouTube said had a caption on it on, on the front that said, uh, "Stop being such a pussy." You know, everybody has trauma. Okay, she addressed that. She addressed how real it really is, and how people are still having an attitude about it. There are some people who really, literally, don't want to have heart palpitations doing things like I just talked about, you know, going to the laundromat. It took me, do you know how many years it took me to go back to the laundromat by myself? It took me five years 
to go back to the laundromat by myself, you guys. Because I was so terrified of being uh, ridiculed. That is a real thing. That is a tribal survival instinct when you get ridiculed. Ridicule is an act of shunning. We are a tribal race, you guys. Humans are a pack race. If we get ridiculed or laughed at, and we're sensitive to that, or we're having flashbacks about it, we are going to have a goddamn physical, honest to God, blessed, blessed physical reaction. We might not even be able to stand up sometimes. So, trauma-informed. What is trauma-informed? And I hope some experts are, are listening to this, too. I hope some damn experts, some therapists and counselors and psychiatrists and people who work in day treatment and hospitals and uh, mental health systems and the, me the medical and health insurance in America and, and the like are listening to this because we have to be trauma-informed. When we're dealing with communal, especially when we're dealing with communal or group therapy. All clients need to be able to feel safe in the cafeteria. I will make the public service announcement right now. I'll make it right here on this episode. What is trauma? Are you trauma informed? Are clients and counselors and therapists and psychiatrists trauma informed? If a client is unable to eat in the cafeteria, can they go downstairs and eat lunch by themselves. If they, if, they, if they can't do that, they need to learn how to walk through their fear and their peers need to be aware of how scared they really are to sit down, come into the cafeteria and sit down. They need to, they need to be able to say, come on, come on over here and sit down. It's okay. In a therapeutic, an honest to God, true blue therapeutic environment, we need to be able to do that, you guys. The counselors need to be able to do that, and the clients need to be able to do that. Because I am telling you, true blue, honest to God, honest to goodness. Not all of us can deal with that all by ourselves. We need the support. We need the awareness. We need to be trauma-informed. Peace out.